This is Broadcaster Golf Papa 6 Bravo Echo Alpha at Kilo Charlie 4 Triple Alpha Double Alpha Foxtrot. So, what can I say? Is there anyone who doesn't know what happened? It's like the whole world is on fire. I doubt anyone's even listening to this. Not after... Not after everything that's happened. This is Bryn at McMurdo Station with their glaringly obvious news updates, but for the sake of anyone who's just tuning in, let's do a little recap, shall we? The day I was supposed to be flying to Christchurch, then back to Los Angeles, the oceans... Uh, they exploded? As near as we can tell, at least. Somewhere around 150 international flights over the oceans around the world just inexplicably disappeared. If that wasn't enough, and why wouldn't that be enough? Over 3,000 seafaring vessels also disappeared. Now that might have been something to do with the nine that we know about, massive tsunamis disrupting the ocean simultaneously, four of which made landfall, one in the Indian Ocean that hit Myanmar, one in the Pacific Ocean that swamped part of Mexico, and two in the Atlantic Ocean. One knocked into the southeastern seaboard of the United States, and one landed between Nigeria and Cameroon. The other tsunamis were out, away from land, so their damage is unknown, other than the fact that there are missing ships. Then there have been the earthquakes. A lot of them. Strong ones, all along coastlines. Not just along fault lines, these are along all oceans and seas as well. In the Mediterranean, Arabian, Black, North, and Norwegian seas. In the Gulf of Mexico, the Persian Gulf, the Red Sea, the Puget Sound, the Sea of Okhotsk. Every major coastline along water connected to an ocean has been experiencing earthquakes. We've had two more down here in Antarctica, just not close by McMurdo, luckily. I mean, it's like the only lucky thing that's happened this whole time. But we take what we can get. Which brings us up to speed on the state of the world. If you were somehow unaware of all this, I'm sorry I had to be the one to end your ignorance. I wish I didn't have to know all this. Well, that's not true. I do want to know. I just don't want all this impotent worry. I don't know what's going on back home, and I wish I did. I wish I could do something to help. But I can't. I'm stuck here. I don't know what's going on in New England, where my family is, and I don't know what's going on in Los Angeles. I really wish I did. Is Addison okay? Are my friends? It shouldn't be a surprise that there were earthquakes there in particular, but the whole LA region has been out of reach this whole time. I'm so scared. There's nothing constructive I can do with that emotion, though. I'm here, and while I'm here, I have to do my part to keep McMurdo Station going. Which means I guess I'll tell you the news around here. That will be better, for all of us, I think. Not that the news around here is much brighter. The television stations aren't working. That is, we're not getting signals. It seems like the satellite on Black Island is fine. It's probably the sources that aren't working, which is... foreboding. We've got three stations down here. One from the US Armed Forces, one from New Zealand, and one from Australia. None of them are working. Right now, the only information we're getting is coming from the radios. I should say that the internet is working fine here. I mean, 
we're all able to communicate from computer to computer via our own networks, and we've sent emails to Scott Base here on Ross Island, that doesn't mean a whole lot when the rest of the world is in too much disarray to actually respond. As far as I know, the interiors of all the continents haven't been touched. So far as I know. It's not inconceivable that there are people out there who can use the internet elsewhere, but I am pretty sure that as it stands right now, the only way we've gotten in contact with anyone off the island is via the radio or satellite phone. I don't think anyone is happy about that. Radio is great, but it's not the most reliable method. Someone has to always be monitoring it, and we need to do things like bounce the signal off the moon for it to get enough distance, but we're managing, that's the important thing. We've been in contact with the other stations down here. There are 70 permanent stations across the continent from a ton of different countries. We're all thinking if this continues much longer that we'll consolidate our stations. Places like McMurdo are big enough that they can fit way more people than they're currently housing. The summer crews haven't made it here yet. The winter crews were barely leaving. We all have more supplies than are necessary right now. Maybe if we work together we can last until help arrives. Of course, getting to one another is difficult. This is a whole continent. It's not like we can just pick up and move easily either. For example, Admonson Scott Station is nearly 1,000 miles away. Palmer Station is even further. New Zealand Scott Base is on Ross Island with us so they're probably going to come here soon. There's only maybe 14 people on their crew, so we have the room. The good news is that it's spring, so travel will be easier, but it's not as though it will be precisely easy, just easier. Everything down here needs to be done with caution. Even more so now that we don't have a way back to civilization. We are rationing food. We have a decent quantity of it, and so do the other stations, but who knows how long we're going to be stuck here. We don't have a lot of options other than what we have in our kitchens, really. I suppose we could eat penguin, seal, or some fish, if the biologists didn't cannibalize us for it. But it's been stressed many, many times that the animals we would eat might not be around anymore. I haven't gotten the details on that yet, so I'm just taking their word on it. I think someone mentioned something about edible seaweed too, but I don't know how much of that we would be able to harvest. Basically, we're starting with the easy things and cutting back on how much we're eating and drinking. No one is worried about it yet, this is just a precaution. Hopefully we're being overly cautious. It's always better to be safe than sorry. Uh, Sid went for another run. This time, they took Xu and Naomi with them. It might have been more of a jog. We weren't really supposed to be going out alone anyway, but we're really enforcing the buddy system now. You can't go anywhere outside without two buddies. It's kind of a pain, but I understand why. We're all petrified that another earthquake is going to hit. And with how bad they've been around the globe, it's safe to assume that anything we get here would be just as strong. That wasn't remarkable, three of them going out. What was remarkable was that Sid found more meteorites. This time, when I raised alarm over the fact that we haven't seen any meteorites, people listened. They were very close to the station. They shouldn't have just been there. 
There's no reason for it. No explanation. Anyway. Sid passed these samples off to Navid and Andrea right away again. Those two? They didn't look as happy this time. They started whispering to one another and then quickly made an exit. They looked concerned. I'm not sure I like it when people who make a living studying material from space are not excited when they get more material from space. They should be the most excited at this prospect. I'm going to follow up with the two of them. It may not be any of my personal concern, but I really want to know what's happening with space rock that shouldn't be here. On one hand, not my area, not my business. On the other hand, the impacts would have very much been my business, and those were never recorded, so... Yeah. No idea what's going on with that. There has been something strange with the data I've been going over, though. There's a whole portion of space where stars just moved. Like, they shifted, strangely, seemingly overnight. That isn't possible. Earthquakes, tsunamis, even planes disappearing. All those have reasonable explanations. So, no, what I'm seeing here can't be true. There's no way. Either I messed up the code, or there's something wrong with the telescope. And it's going to be a massive headache if it's the telescope. Not that redoing all that code is going to be a cakewalk for me either. But it will be significantly less of a complication than the whole Kekere malfunctioning. I didn't think they had been experiencing seismic activity out there, but maybe I was wrong. Anyway... I'll contact whoever's working on the telescope right now and ask them to take a look at it. Hopefully, it's an easy fix. Okay, um... Sahil is still not doing great. Out of all the reasons I'm upset that our flight didn't arrive, his might be rivaling the I-just-want-to-go-home desire and the I-hope-everyone-on-board-is-okay the most. Those are definitely the top three reasons. This is Broadcaster Golf Papa 6, Bravo Echo Alpha at Kilo Charlie 4, Triple Alpha Double Alpha Foxtrot. If anything, Sahil is getting worse. He's still just writing. Writing and writing. Staring now, too. I don't know if he's even sleeping at this point. I check on him a few times a day. And on the off chance he's not scribbling on something, he's out the window looking out onto the island. It's downright unsettling. He's stopped talking to nearly everyone. I don't think that bothers most people. They're kind of creeped out by him right now. But it bothers me. At least he's talking to me. Kind of. He's not showing anyone most of what he's put down, but he did give me a note just before I came in here. Let me... Here it is. Let's read it together, shall we? It's going too fast to stop it now. Too fast, too strong, too perfect. Nothing that has driven us so far is going to make it through. It's ready to take everything from us. It's going to take everything from us. Trapped. Might be for the best. Too late to stop it. Too late to even know why. It was here, then gone. But it will be back. Nowhere safer, but nowhere more perilous. Nowhere is exactly right. This isn't how it's supposed to work. This isn't the way it's meant to go. It's here now, and here's the worst. 
can we comprehend before it's done? Don't get lost. Far too easy. Far too dangerous. Uh, well, those are words. They're kind of words I don't like. Not right now, anyway. Maybe Sahil needs help. I should ask Aaron if she's talked to him. I'm sure she has. You couldn't have seen what's going on. And again, I know everyone was avoiding him. And we've all put in a lot of work getting stuff ready for the summer. There's a slight chance she's been too busy to notice. The doctors keep insisting that he's fine. Or at least they did. Maybe she will see something they missed? I really want to help him. There's so little I can do. But I have to try something. Things are so tense here. We're trying so hard. We've been working so much. No one knows what to do, so we keep working. I'm worried about what will happen if we run out of things to do. That's unlikely. There's always something to do. We're smart. We can make work for ourselves. For the most part, we've all been keeping to our same schedules that we had last year. Only, we're gearing up for spring and summer as opposed to winter. I was here last spring and summer, of course, but I had only just gotten here. I was still getting in the swing of things. I was being coached through all the maintenance and work. We're on top of things. It's not like it's too much out of our wheelhouses, but we're also taking on more tasks. There should have been an influx of bodies to occupy the buildings and get the station going again. Normally, there's somewhere between 800 and 900 people here during the height of the summer, and there were less than 150 of us last winter. Even with the people who came in from Edmondson Scott, and the people we're expecting from Scott Base, we barely have enough to make this place work. We're not worried about getting everything up to speed. No one's heads in the game, and what's the point anyways? But we've got enough to keep us busy. I'm just a little worried that we're going to run out of steam. And when we run out of steam, all that's going to be waiting for us is knowledge that we don't have any clue what's going on. We're going to have to figure out a way to manage our stress. And we should do that soon. That's another thing to talk to Erin about. She's got to have some ideas to manage stress. She's a psychologist. That's what they do. I think that's some of what they do at any rate. Some of them. She was just here to observe us. Eh. Well, she's probably better equipped than the rest of us to help us manage the situation mentally. She's probably pretty stressed too. She'd be superhuman if she's not. She's all we got though. We have to work with what we have. I'll talk to her. It's a good idea. We've got to do something. We can't just keep working ourselves to the point of exhaustion. That won't do any of us any good. She'll see that. She probably already does. But that's mostly what's been going on. We're keeping ourselves busy in order to stop ourselves from considering what's going on with our loved ones back home. <sighs> I really hope Addison is okay. I know this is a bit of a long shot, but if you have contacts in the Los Angeles area... No, I'm not going to resort to that just yet. I'm still hoping they'll manage to get internet back in LA. They'll contact me then. They've... they've got friends there got their parents, they're not alone. Hopefully the house is fine, and if anyone has been displaced, I know they would have opened the doors to let those who matter most to us crash there. We have a couch, bed, and floor space. We even have a yard. 
So long as the house is okay, I think everything else will sort itself out. Huh. I'm kicking myself that I never encouraged Addison to learn how to use the radio. I have one at home, I'm sure most of you could have surmised that. The radio down here is a permanent fixture. I'm not the first scientist to use it, not by a long shot. But, yeah, if I had only shown them how to use the radio, there would be a chance that I might know what's happening. I might know if they're okay. Or I might not. That would have been a possibility either way, and if they had the tools to contact me and couldn't for whatever reason, it might have made things even more difficult for me. Who knows, it's not really useful to play the what-if game in this situation. Doing that might be making things more difficult for me. I need to trust that they're okay, that things are going well. The electricity is probably out, there were earthquakes there for sure. But our place would be okay. It has to be. Addison is fine. They have to be. It's going to be too bright to do astronomy soon. Soon enough, at least. It's spring and will soon be summer. It'll be the equinox in a couple weeks. It will be pretty much 12 hours of dark and 12 hours of sunlight. Then things will start getting brighter. Brighter and brighter until the solstice, and then it will be weeks before we get any substantial darkness to work in again. It wasn't so bad last year. We had a lot of work to do to get ready for this past winter. I'm sure we'll find some way to keep occupied this year too. Wow, I guess I'm resigned to staying here that long. I mean, it's totally possible that I will be. It's also possible they'll never leave. Ouch. I really don't want to think like that. I'm, I'm sure things will even out. The world can't stay this chaotic for good, right? As soon as things smooth out, someone will come and get us. We can't be here forever. We don't have the food to last forever. And... It won't happen. We'll make it home. That's how this is going to go down. We'll make it back and things will be okay. They will. Maybe after talking to Aaron, the station can start doing more social things again. I know, it's a silly thing to think about right now, but humans are social creatures and we would probably feel a whole lot better if we were singing or playing games together. No late night snack raids, not for a while, but something communal. I know some of the crew likes role-playing games. There were some weekly tabletop nights. I never played any of myself, but I have a general idea of how they work. They could be fun exercises. Everyone I know who plays them, and I mean, I'm a scientist and a geek, I've known a lot of people who play them, love them. They seem pretty absorbing and a good way to distract from the real world. I don't know how many people I could get on board for a new game, but maybe I can at least get the old games going again. I'll think on that, about what sort of activities would be nice to organize for everyone. You've got options. Oh. Harper has been incredibly helpful. More than anyone else, they seem to have their head on straight. They've been working just as hard as the rest of us, but they seem so calm. They told me I could come to them with any concerns. I haven't taken them up on it yet. I, I don't want to unload on them. That doesn't seem helpful to anyone but me. I do need to metaphorically unload, but I don't want to do that to them. Not yet. They are so nice. They have been such a steady presence down here. I am definitely grateful to them. I just don't want to take advantage of their perceived emotional state. Don't want to drag them down to my level of anxiety if they're doing as well as they seem to be. 
but they do offer some enclaves of calm in this tumultuous time. We haven't had a great deal of chances to talk since everything got all... you know. But they've made sure to check in with me, frequently, and I know they're here if I need them. It feels good. I know I'm not in the best place right now, but I want to make sure that I return the favor to them. I want to be here for them too. This is Broadcaster Golf Papa 6, Bravo Echo Alpha at Kilo Charlie 4, Triple Alpha Double Alpha Foxtrot. Hmm, let's see, what else? I sure wish the winds would let up. They're always pretty strong around here. It's a feature, not a bug. But on top of everything else, it's kind of a lot. It would be nice if they would just stop. Last year when I got down here, they would keep me up at night. They were so incredibly distracting. I got used to them during my stay, but ever since this whole planet-wide disaster thing, they've started bothering me again. It didn't help that it almost sounds like... almost sounds like someone is speaking. It's ridiculous, I know, but... When things are as bleak as this and it feels like the whole world is just breaking down, the mind plays tricks on you. I need to stay aware of that, that it's all that's going on. I'm not exactly the type to believe in ghosts or wendigos or anything, but I have an imagination. It can get as carried away from me as anyone else's can. Normally, I wouldn't even think twice about my ability to stay in reality, but we're isolated enough as it is. And with everything else going on, I suppose anything is possible. I guess I need to speak to Aaron about myself, too. Poor Aaron. We're going to be putting a lot of faith in her ability to help us, aren't we? Or I am. I want her to help Sahil, myself, the whole station. That's a lot. She's not an inexhaustible resource. No more than any of us are. Maybe I should keep my issues to myself for now. Sahil and the station as a whole need more help than I do. I know it's just my mind reacting to stress. I don't need to go talking to someone else about it. Or maybe that's something Harper and I can discuss. It's not completely pressing, just some light. Oh hey, my brain is being a jerk. Wanna unpack that with me? Conversation. That's how everyone approaches someone they like, right? I don't think it's the wind that's really scaring me though, not really. I think it's the news, and the wind is just a diversion. I am so afraid that when I stop talking and check the airwaves, I'll find out more bad news. For the last few days, that's all I've heard. I wish I could hear something good. Or someone telling me that it's all a giant prank, like a War of the Worlds situation and we're just too far away to get it. That wouldn't explain the missing plane, though. Or anything else strange that's happened down here. No, it's probably all true. It's just an unfortunate amount of truth. I guess if you're hearing this and you have any news, and I mean any, about what's going on, can you try and get it here? We're really floundering out here and all assuming the worst. Maybe it's not that bad. Maybe we've gotten a lot of poor quality information. That would be nice. Nice, but unlikely. Still... Having a concrete understanding of what's going on would be a good start. And if you know anything that either corroborates or contradicts what we've been told, I'm all ears. I want as much material as we can get so that we can make decisions that are informed by fact. That's why we're here after all. 
Every single one of us is here to further the goal of getting information to make more enlightened opinions about things that happen in the world. We're all driven by scientific exploration and discovery. Even the staff that aren't scientists are here because of the goal of science, if you think about it. I would say, well, look where that's gotten us, but I don't think that's a bad thing. No matter what is going on right now, it's the right thing to do, and if that means we aren't in the middle of the world as it's breaking down, that might end up being a good thing. Even if that means we aren't with our families and friends. That's a painful thing to say. I don't want to think it, let alone say it. Our connections are part of what make us human. They're incredibly important. I wouldn't be who I was today if it weren't for my relationship with Addison, or my friendships, or my family. For me, and for a lot of people down here, being apart from those we care about is the single most painful element of this entire experience. But what if it does end up being a good thing? Maybe not necessarily for us as individuals, but for the whole world? <sighs> Don't be like Harperin. The entire world isn't ending. That's not how this goes. Worldwide apocalyptic catastrophes don't just happen from nowhere. There's lead-up, like climate change. If the dinosaurs had possessed telescopes, they would have seen the impact coming. Same goes for every other extinction event that has occurred in Earth's history. They didn't come from nowhere. It's not that knowing that the events were coming could have necessarily thwarted the course of reality or anything, but the point is things were obvious. We have technology to assist us. If an extinction event were this imminent, we would know. Sure, that technology might be one of the dangers we're facing. But again, there would be some sort of warning. It's unlikely every nuclear-capable country on Earth decided to set off nukes at the same time without any sort of lead-up. We would know. Wouldn't we? This is broadcaster Golf Papa 6. Bravo Echo Alpha at Kilo Charlie 4, Triple Alpha, Double Alpha Foxtrot, signing off. It Grows Dark is written by Jenna M. Pittman and produced by Jared Aiken. Theme song and score are by Define.Human. More of their work can be found at linktree.com slash define.human. The voice of Bryn is Jared Aiken. The voice of the wind is Titi. Credits read by Ali Lustig. Artwork by Ida Christensen. If you like what you're hearing and want to connect with us, please reach out via social media, our website, or Discord server, all of which can be found in the show notes or at linktree.com slash itgrowsdark. For more direct access, please send all questions or concerns to itgrowsdark at gmail.com. Fun fact, Antarctica is the driest place on Earth, getting only two inches of precipitation a year. Despite frigid temperatures, this makes Antarctica a polar desert. Thank you for listening, and stay safe. <laughs>